We've got a quiz to start. So I'm going to show, so we're going to do a family today, and we are a grateful family on a mission. Last week we did mission, um, this week we're going to do family, and uh, what led me to this, I started reading, Jesus started talking about, you know, you're my brother's sister's mother, everything. And I thought, if God's father, and we've been doing a series on the fatherhood of God, then he sure has got a family, because I don't know any fathers that don't have a family. I'm a father, I've got a family. If you're not a father, then you might not have a family. Yeah? It's, it's, it's it, isn't it? So there is a family. And I just want us to look at, at the family today and the family that God has got that you can be part of. And uh, we're going to have a quiz to start with. So Pete's going to bring these up. I want you to tell me who these families are. You get this one? Windsor family. Oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's all right. Well done. The royal family. That'll do. Um, <laughs> What's the next one? Is that the royal family? Is that <laughs> the other one's family of Windsor? This is the royal family. Okay. What's the next one? I haven't got them here. Ah, oh, what's? Yeah. Which you got to relate? Which family is yours like? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <a, laughs> Let's do another one. That's difficult, huh? isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's the Sledge family. Okay. Why is it the Sledge family? We are family. We are family. Yeah, got it. <laughs> I would perform it. You're all going. What the heck's that? Anyone under anyone under about forties going? What's that about? <laughs> it's dad dancing. I'm indulging here. What's the next one? I think it's the last one. Who's that? Which family is that? <laughs> That's right, yeah. It's, it's actually my mum's family. That's um, her grandchildren and um, her great-grandchildren, or some of them, two of them anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's my family. So, and, and God loves families. He, he chose to, to save the world through, through a family. Said so to Abraham, you know, your descendants will be, um, through, the, through them all the nations of the earth will be blessed. He'd started with a family. He started with, with Jacob. Israel is a, it started as a family unit. Um, David had a family. The, the, Jesus was part of a family. There's a wedding at the end of time. And, and normally when there's a wedding, there's a bit of a family as well that that happens. You know, God loves families. And, and I, I just think as we consider him as father, we need to consider us as family. Because it's the, it's the other side of the, of the equation. Um, he said he puts the, uh, puts the lonely in families. And some of our natural families, you know, might, you know they can be a bit, bit tense, a bit difficult at, at times. But he puts the lonely in families. And, he, and every family on earth is named from him yeah he names every family on earth so he owns you he, he owns the, the the family concept and um and while i'm focusing on the on the church family there's also the the the, the sort of natural family and i think there's good read across um I, I found a good quote from john stott he says the divine family ceases to be a credible concept if it is not itself subdivided into human families which display god's love so some of the principles we're going to look at, read across into, into your, your natural families as well.
I've got three, three areas I want to look at. I want to say, who, what's this family? What is, what's it about? Who and how do you get into it? Um, I want to look at some of the aspects of a, a bit of a dysfunctional family. And I want to look at um, even more aspects of the functional family, the sort of family that, that, that God wants to, wants to create. So that's where we're going. And I'm going to start with a reading from Mark, which should come up, Peter, if you're following. Um, and Mark 3, and there's splits, 19 to 21, if you're, if you're in your Bibles or in your app, or it'll come up on here, on the screen. And we're going to do Mark um, chapter 3 and verse 19 to 21, and then we're going to do 31 to 34. And uh, Jesus has been sort of preaching to people and healing people. And it says, then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and disciples were not even able to eat. So I know we talked about him eating later on. This is one episode where he couldn't even have time to eat. He obviously wanted to, but he didn't have time, um, because there were so many people. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. I'm sure my family said that about me sometimes, you know. But, but, you know, that's what they said. That was his family, came to take charge of him and, and sort him out. And then this follows an episode where there's a chunk here where he talks to the, the Pharisees who have similar issues with him. And then in verse 31, it says, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. So they arrived to sort of sort him out. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mothers and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle round him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. And you don't know how astonishing that was that he would own women (laughs) as his mother and his sister. You know, people, they were you know, not held in any esteem at all at that time. But he, 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 what he's done, he's exalted the place. He said, you're all equal. You know, we are male and female. And, and you know, you have equal value before me. That's just an aside. That's astonishing, though, uh, that he should say that in that cultural context. And... Um, his, his, his family were a bit embarrassed by him. <laughs> Embarrassing families. I tell my kids that's what I'm there for, is to embarrass them all the time. Where are they? They're all gone, aren't they? Oh, no, there's one of them. Um, but, you know, their reputation was on the line here, that, that they were being investigated by the Pharisee police, by the Sanhedrin police. It was a bit like if I'm a terrorist and I'm being investigated by GCHQ or by the police. Um, they, were, they were really, really upset with him. And it, and it says in John, 7, uh, John chapter 7, verse 5, it says, even his own brothers did not believe in him. So that rejection resulted in them not believing what he was saying. I should say, I don't think that lasts for, for forever. That changed. But at this point, they, um, they didn't believe him. They didn't, they didn't see what he, was, what he was about. And um, when he's told his family are outside, Jesus wants to make a point about, um, about who is his real family. 
And he looked round at the disciples, the people who were, who were there, as close as you are to me, and probably even closer, because at least I could eat. He wouldn't have a chance to eat. And he said, you are my brothers, my sister, my mother. And then he said, the way, the way you, know, you are this, because you do the will of my Father in heaven. Because you do the will of the Father. So he didn't call them fathers because you already had the Father in heaven. Okay? But, but, um, and, and that's, the, 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 when we think of that, we think about the will of, of, of God as being something we have to do, isn't it? You know, you're doing the will of the, of the Father. But I just want to read another scripture which I think starts to unpack what he meant by this. Because he didn't mean you have to struggle, you have to, you have to strive to be part of this family. Uh, there's no family I know on earth that I've ever had to struggle to be part of. I'm only part of one, but I've never had to struggle to be, to be part of it. it I've never, it's a struggle in it, but it's not a struggle to be part of it. And um, if you, uh, the next, uh, just a reading from John chapter 6. And I'm going to draw some, some lessons out of the Mark, Mark, Mark uh, verses and out of the, the John verses. And he says in John chapter 6, verse 24 to 29, which will, will come up on the screen. I'm trusting all this comes up on the screen. <laughs> um, so Jesus has just fed over 5,000 people. And then he's escaped because he thinks, you know, I've got to get away from these guys. I've got to, I've got to have some rest. I've got to have some food. Um, so it's interesting earlier on, it's his mum who worried about him not having enough food. You know, that he didn't have enough food. And my mum always, always says to me, oh, you're not eating well enough. Yeah, it's, it's something mums do, isn't it? Very odd. <laughs> she says, I'm too thin. <laughs> They're discerning. Anyway, John chapter 6 and verse 24 to 29. It says, um, Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats, that's on one side of the river, and then of the lake, and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Verily, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then he asked him, uh, so then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Yeah, to, do the will of, to do the will of God. How does that, how does that work? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. That's, that's it. That's the work that you have to do to come into this family, is to believe in the one that he has sent, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I've come down from heaven to do the will of my father. And if you like, he's done the heavy lifting. He's done all the effort. He's done the, all that is required to adopt you as children. In this country, it is a difficult process, and, and, um, and Ros and Duncan will understand this, to, to adopt a child. 
It is not an easy process, and rightly so. Uh, and, but, to be adop- but to be adopted into God's family requires this, that you believe in the one that he has sent. And um, I just want to, uh, although it's simple, although it's simple, um, it's not about a set of duties. It's not about, about doing something. And Jesus said some amazing things, didn't he? He said some incredible things. And, and my experience was, when I started to read things like John's Gospel, I went, wow. Because I, I, I haven't got a Christian sort of family background. I went, wow, this is amazing. Because he made so many promises. He said, um, he said this, in, uh, in, again in John's, John chapter 6. He said, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the fathers give me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never, ever drive away. For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And, that, and that's just one, you know, a few verses. You, you can read, just, I would encourage you actually to read John's Gospel or any, any of the Gospels and just see those amazing, amazing promises that, uh, that Jesus made. The problem is that there are things that get in the way of us believing that, of us receiving that, of, of us um, appropriating that for ourselves, of us being adopted, actually. And I just want to pick on three that are in these, in these verses. The first one is um, that, that it's what his, parent, his family did. They thought he was mad. They thought he was crazy. They thought he was irrational. They thought the things can't be true. And, and, and there are many people around today, and there might be some here, who, rec- who recognize that that, that, um, that can't be true. You know, I can't believe that. He must be mad. He must be, be crazy, these things. Because these words are, are, are amazing. And you, you have a choice. You either say, you know, he's crazy, or... I, I, I accept them. Um, there's other people who say, say it's irrational. Other Muslims would say it is, it is absolutely crackers that God would die on the cross. That God would die on the cross for us. Um, you know, so, so these aren't sort of you know, things that happened then. His own, his own family felt it. And there's people now, and there might be some here who feel that as well. Um, C.S. Lewis says this. He says, and I think there's a quote comes comes up, Peter. Um, which is, I, I just love this quote. This, uh, this, um, he says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, about Jesus. He's, and what they say is, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. 
A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord. But let us not come with any patronising nonsense about his being a great teacher. He has not left that open to us, he did not intend it. And, you know, you have that choice. You either say, this is lunacy. You know, no, no man would come and say, I am the bread of life. I, you know, I will give you eternal life. I will, you know, I, I give up my life for you. The, the things that I'm encouraging you to read would not happen, yeah? I couldn't say that. You couldn't say that. So he's either, he's either mad or he's the son of God. And I would say to you, you've got to make that choice. You've got to make that choice. What you think. Because there's no middle ground. There's no, there's no option to say, well, he's a bit of this and a bit of that, and he's a nice moral teacher, and I'll take that bit of it and that bit of it. And the point about believing in him is that you believe all of him. You believe the difficult stuff as well as the easy stuff. The stuff that gives us great promises, but it's the stuff that says that, you know, I, you will, um, he never promised us an easy life, for example. And quite often we we. You know, flake over that. We go. That's you know. I'll I'll deal with that another day. But when we when he says the way in is to believe in me, he says the way into this family is to believe all of me, to believe all that I say and all that I've done for for you. For you. The second blockage. I'm going to do three blockages. It's the second one. It um, is in. Um, John chapter 6 and verse 26 that we read. It said, Jesus, um, Jesus said to them, Truly, you came to me, um, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and, and had your fill. And we want people to heal. You know, we've prayed for healing. We've, prayed for, we've heard examples of people being healed. We know we deliver things like food bank, food, but we want people to see, and people need to see, beyond that. We need to see beyond the miracle. He wanted those people to see beyond the miracle of feeding 5,000 people, to see the one who did it, to see the one who was, who was um, feeding them, the one who was providing them. If you, if you come here from food bank, it's not about just providing food. It's not about us feeding people. It's about saying there's somebody behind this. And it's seeing the Lord of glory behind all these things. And quite often people come, don't they? And, and they'll come here because of what they can get. And I'm not saying that's wrong. You know, we all want to receive things. We need to receive healing. But if that's all we receive, then we're, we're, not, we're not appropriating the full benefits of being part of this family. That's, that's, you know, we're getting, it's like going and seeing the Mona Lisa or the Sistine Chapel and saying, well, that's just a, a, you know, a wall covering or that's just some painting on the ceiling. 
you're really missing the point. And the point is that behind these miracles, behind these things that happen, these things, is the Son of God. Is the one who's not mad, but who's the Son of God. And that's who, that's who we worship. The third objection is in uh, verses 28 to 29 of John, uh, John 6. It says, um, they came to him and they said, what must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus said, nothing. Right? He said, just believe me. Just believe in me. And quite often we come thinking that we've got to, to do stuff. And we still do, don't we, as part of the family. That I won't be accepted unless I work hard, unless I serve here, unless I serve there. And I'm not saying that that service is is a wrong thing. It's absolutely the right thing to do. You know, I believe in service, absolutely. But if that's all we come for, if that's all we feel, if our motivation for doing it is that we are trying to be part of this family, that that will not work. You know, you're, again, you're missing the point. You're missing out on the full advantages of being part of this family. Can you imagine a real-life family that would have these characteristics about it? Yeah? If I said, and I've got two brothers, and I said, I'm not listening to anything they say. They're mad. They are crazy. Why would I want to, why would I want to spend time with them? Why would I want to do that? And if you have somebody who's... who's um, their acceptance into the family is because they do stuff and they're expected to do stuff and they're expected to follow a set of rules in the house. And I'm not saying rules are, wrong, are necessarily wrong. I'm sure there's lots of people who have got you know, things on their wall. Like I think, I think I've got one on, on the slide, Peter, that say, you know, here's the rules of the house. But if, if, you're, if the love given to you is dependent on you following the rules of the house then that's a really odd family. That's a really odd family. And doing them all the time. And, um, and it, it, on one of these, it, I mean, these are really sort of saying, and, and that they're saying, I'm a, I'm a servant, not a son. If I'm, if I'm doing these things, if I'm, if I'm somebody who, um, uh, you know, has to, it has to earn stuff, um, it, you know, I'm, I'm not really part of that family, am I? It's not a very functional family. I, George and I... Where's George? He's not here today. George is my grandson. We were at um, Soft Play the other day and um, in uh, Chobham Adventure Farm. I can recommend it. And it's got, um, it's got massive, you know, massive slides in it. You can go down... I think there's a picture on Facebook of me going down it with him, and for those of you on Facebook, um, you know, and and you know the thing was, he didn't pay a thing. He didn't he didn't pay a thing towards it. He did, you know, and what's what's that? You take him to he has a fun the time a great time didn't he, Liz? He had a great time, and he he, he didn't offer, he didn't pay a thing. He did absolutely nothing except to enjoy going down the slide and take his shoes off and, and go down the slide and do what he said. If he'd, he'd said, I'm not going in until I've paid, he'd have been there 15 years because he wouldn't have had to afford it. You know, how can, how can you, you know, so when Jesus said, become like children, that's the way in. Yeah? Yeah? 
We say, I'm not coming in until I've paid. Until I've paid. Yeah? It doesn't, doesn't work. doesn't work. So I want to look now at, at four areas, really, where I think we can positively um, deliver as a family, as the family of God, as the family that he wants. And you can relate these across to your, to your real family. Because um, it, in Ephesians, um, Paul talks about the, your, your earthly family. And, it, and, it, and it, when he's trying to talk about the, um, what this new society should look like in Ephesians, he deals with all sorts of practical issues. But before he gets into talking about you know, the, the husband-wife relationship and the, the son and, and daughter relationship... He says something in, 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 um, in Ephesians uh, 5 and verse... No, six, 5 and verse 21, I think it is, yeah. And, and he says, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. And no matter the, if, there's, if there's talk about authority and about submission, the, the main submission is of, is of the family to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you can play the roles... Then you can have you know, a role where you're delegated authority. Then you could submit to that delegated authority. Everything flows from that, um, that submission to Jesus. And as family, that's, what we, that's where we start. That's where we start is, is submission to him. And, um, and I just want to deal with four areas where we share common things, where we share common um, attributes of this family. And these talk about we have a shared experience of, of, of things. We have a shared interest. We have a shared love and obedience. The two go together. And we have a shared goal. And I just want to unpack those um, quite briefly. You'll be pleased to hear. And, um, and, the, and the first one is a common experience. And that's a common experience and a shared experience of Jesus as our saviour. And I'm amazed as I go around the world, and actually as the world comes here, how the commonality between people, people are on the same wavelength if they believe in Jesus. They can express it culturally quite differently, and that is excellent because we don't want to sort of force a a way of worship onto people. But I was in Australia recently, and... You know, I could relate totally to their love of Jesus and the fact that Jesus was their saviour because of what he did on the cross. And, you know, and, and they could relate to that. They could express worship about that. They could um, demonstrate um, love to the outside world because of that. And I would say, no matter where you go in the world, you, far, you can relate to those people who are part of that family and one of the signs of this family is that you have a shared experience of grace and forgiveness and we you know that is wonderful I'm you know I'm so impressed here we've got you know people from India we've got people from Brazil we've got people from Colombia we've got people from Kenya and Uganda who express this faith in in their their cultural context if you like 
but that we share that core belief, that core understanding that we've been forgiven and that we've been, um, uh, we've been saved by grace. So that's the first thing. We share that, that experience. And if you think of it in a family, you share experience. We share, go on a holiday. We share the pain, don't we? We share the, the, the difficulties. We share, um, you know, what, 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 what we know. I mean, you know, Jan and not Jan, my wife and I, we, we share stuff. We share those experiences. We can talk about those experiences where we've been through good times and bad times. You know, those are, and, that, and the, the church family is no different to that. We, share, we have a shared initial experience, but we share other experiences as well. And the co- we have a common interest. And that, that shared common interest is the, the presence of Jesus. I have an interest in growing to be more like Jesus. I have an interest in seeing other people grow to be more like Jesus. That's why I'm here. And... And, you know, we want the presence of, of, of God in us. We want to see the presence of God in each one of the family members. Because it's the presence of God in, in us. You know, Emmanuel, God with us and God in us. And that presence is just so, um, uh, so important to us. Again, as a parent, you desire that your, your children f- you know, fulf- fulfill their full potential. And we want, as a church family, to see every member fulfill, every part of that family, fulfill its full and true potential. And the core of that is that they have the presence of Jesus with them. I think we prayed earlier on, you know, I'll go, go with you. I'll be with you. And, um, and we have a shared interest in Jesus in me and Jesus in you as well. We have a shared interest in, in, being love, in loving and being obedient to Jesus Christ. He said, a new command I give you. Right? Commands are generally to be obeyed. That you love one another as I have loved you. And then all the world will know that you are my disciples. And there's a close correlation between loving and obedience. And as I said earlier, it's believing all of him. It's believing all of him that, uh, that, that we, we do. And that, um, uh, that love is, um, is what we share. That obedience to him is what we share. And that's what makes, makes the difference, each, each part of us. And finally, we have a, a shared goal, don't we? We want to see Jesus glorified. We want to see new people come to realize that he's not mad. He's the son of God. We, want to see, we, you know, we have a goal that says, um, you know, we want that other people would come to share this, this brilliant, brilliant secret that we know. And it is a secret because we don't deliver it enough. But we, we together have a shared goal in seeing Jesus glorified, in seeing um, people come to faith in him. And that's what also binds us together 
as a, as a family. There's loads more we can say, isn't there, that, about being a family. You know, we eat together. We, we share things together. We cry together. We laugh together. But those, those, um, there are lots of things that stop us from believing. You know, the, if, if we don't, don't believe Jesus, if we think that we've got to make it through our efforts, if we require other people to come in through their, through their efforts. Um, but we all have a common experience of grace. We have a common experience of, of wanting him to be our saviour. We have a common experience in wanting to be our Lord. And quite often we want him to be saviour. We don't want him to be Lord. And I would say we want him to be our Lord as well as our saviour. We want him to be in us. We want to grow. We want to help each other to grow. And we want ultimately for him to be glorified as other people come to know him and to love him. And um, so we are a family on a mission. We'll do it grateful another time. We are a grateful family on a mission. And um, you know, I just want us to, to, to realize those family values we have so that we can sort of move together on that mission um, as, a, as a family.